But I'm saying like 10 years from now, 20 years, like after the battle of uh, the second Death Star, after the, you know, the that uh, Return of the Jedi, I'd like to think that she finds love, something that she couldn't get with Perrin, you know? If Tay lives. You think, do you guys think there's a romantic thing with between her and Tay? Oh, yeah. There's definitely chemistry there. Okay. Tay's dead. Oh, yeah. 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 And we are live with another episode of the Andor After Show. We are talking about episode nine of Andor, the new Star Wars show that's on Disney Plus right now. Hopefully you guys saw it already. Um, well, I mean, we all did. But everybody out there who's watching us on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show or listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Hopefully you already saw this episode because we got a lot to talk about. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. We also got host... Uh, co-host uh, Sarah Zitney, aka Miss Marauder. Sarah, Hello. how you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. It's that. It's the four days after Halloween and before Christmas officially starts on November fifth. When does uh, <laughs> does Christmas time start? Right after Halloween. Sure I have to does. get through. I have to get through Black Friday or like Black Friday is the kickoff for Christmas time for me. No, I think that Thanksgiving is a trash holiday. I don't Ooh. care for it. Ooh. Uh, and I go straight into Christmas. Okay. I love Halloween and Christmas is like right behind it by a hair. So yeah, I just, I go hard from September 1st to uh, January 1st. Interesting. I mean, I'm going to ask our, our guest today. Uh, we got Chris, AKA star Wars lawyer here on the show. Uh, how you doing, man? Uh, we're, we're out here. We're, we're live and in living color. We so, are, uh, yeah, yeah. We're 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 bringing the color to podcasts where nobody can see us. Exactly. They know. They yeah. they they know. They know. They know. They know. Though. They know. Um, uh, you were you were on the Obi Wan uh the Obi Wan after show the Kenobi mm, after show, yep. um episode six I think was it the season finale was it the finale episode I think it was five was it five okay I think it was five okay uh welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be good to be back, and and what an episode to come back and talk about. Oh, I've been I've been loving Andor. Have you been loving Andor? Yes, and I've also loved like that. I feel like I don't have to talk about it. You know, like for the people that aren't enjoying it, you know, like that's fine. But the people that are enjoying it, like I can talk about it. You know, I don't have to defend. You know, like I I feel like I don't have to defend right. the show. Uh, you know, like yeah. It's just, it's just like it feels like the people that hate the show got off like after the first couple episodes, and it's like, cool, good, do that. Yeah, um, you're right about like the whole defending thing, but like, how? What are your thoughts about like, let's just say the most recent one? Because again, you were on the, you were on the the after show for Kenobi. Uh, how would you compare Kenobi with this show? Uh, so this show. I feel like does a better job of in letting the audience breathe in the world. Yeah. Um, whereas Kenobi, uh, you had those intimate storytelling moments, but 
they were overshadowed by the peaks that were the the big moments when it came to characters that we knew would clash that we wanted to clash um and there was time for you know characters like Reva and Leia to have their moments but it was overwhelmingly shadowed by the rematch of the century um whereas with Andor you know we are meeting all these characters that we haven't spent a lot of time with we're getting to know them better their families their struggles we're watching Cassian really transform uh from this loner um you know scoundrel type to a team player and we're going to watch him turn into a rebel leader and a rebel hero and all giving him more screen time than obi-wan had in, in his show because you have more episodes and so you're doing more to develop the world in this show than you did in uh kenobi which they're only a few years apart but this yeah. world feels more lived in than obi-wan kenobi did yeah sarah how you feeling uh i i totally agree when you brought up Riva, it it made me think about Deidre mm-hmm. and how a lot of the complaints about Riva, some valid ones were like, you know, we're kind of hearing that she's a badass and she's scary, but not necessarily. I mean, she did chop that guy's head off, which was awesome, but it was such a slow burn because they took their time with Deidre. We were like, okay, I see getting little by little. And then ep- this episode, it was like, this was her episode. This mm-hmm. was like a scary episode for her. Yeah. So that idea of, we got introduced little by little and they didn't feel like they had to make her super intimidating right off the bat. Um, I I like that we were able to take our time with it. And that's, yeah, I, you know, I don't have any, you know, I'm a generally positive person. I'm not going to trash Kenobi, but at the same time, I feel like, uh, yeah, like, what do you like better? Uh, Breaking Bad or Riverdale? Like, I I just feel like this (laughs) is like miles above as far as like TV goes. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as as a TV show, as a Star Wars property, that's something different. But as a TV show, um, it's I mean, miles above for me. But also, I like what you were saying that you don't feel the pressure to talk about it because that's the thing where you're like, I wish more people were watching it. But do I wish more people were watching it? Like, mm-hmm. I because we don't have to worry about is it going to get a season two? They're already locked in. So it doesn't have to be a pop- popularity contest. And the people that are talking about it, I think are have the media literacy to talk about it there's not a lot of you know screaming about things yeah mm-hmm. where are my clone wars flashbacks right i mean okay so there i can see it from two angles one is these i feel like they they treat the characters almost like they're separate from star wars they're characters and then this is the plot they're getting into uh, but I like, but then is it also unfair for me to judge Kenobi and Boba Fett and Mandalorian by by the fan service? Because those are characters that people know. I mean, not Mandalorian and, and Grogu, but like Boba Fett and Obi-Wan, you know, by virtue of being characters that we know and we've seen before, we have a level of expectations for them versus most of the characters from Andor do not. But like, is it fair to compare them? I think they're both trying to accomplish different things. 
And the fan, I, I do think there is fan service in Andor, but it's fan service that services the plot as opposed to fan service like like the Mandalorian with uh having Boba Fett in there. You know, he is you could say like that was fan service, but he serviced the plot going forward because you know it was like okay, he was looking for his armor, and then he was gonna say like your safety and the child's safety for the armor child's gone now so you know what i'm going i'm not going to go away until this this problem is is solved for you and then with luke you know grogu has to go be with a jedi to complete that part of the arc do they undo it in an episode not even in the series yes but there <laughs> there was a purpose yeah, i'm so bad i feel like that boba fett being in the mandalorian is good fan service and the mandalorian being in boba fett is bad fan service yeah i, I would say die on the hill i hated it i hated everything about it it made me so angry i'd say the episode show. raged I say the episode dedicated to him was him being there like as as backup like in the finale. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. But like, I mean, I loved absolutely loved seeing Luke and Ahsoka together. Like Ahsoka is my favorite prequels era's character. Luke is my favorite Star Wars character. Seeing the two of them together made my heart joy. It made, like it filled my heart with joy. I was like stomping on the ground when I saw it. You know, but at the same time, I would love to see that in Mandalorian season uh, three, episode one. Yeah. Yeah. He, here's the thing of the way I sum up Andor again, for anyone watching this or listening to this who have watched or listened before, you know what I'm saying. But like Andor, you take away the Star Wars title, Andor is just a future dystopian fascist mm -hmm. kind of story, science fiction story. I love it. I love it. I love it. I kept when I was watching this episode, I watched it one and a half times. I I was watching the rows of prisoners in their white uniforms. And it only happened the second time around that I thought this. I was like, is no one here force sensitive? No one in the line of the prison or whatever. No one's force sensitive. But then I realized, why the fuck am I thinking that? Like, no one need like, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned in, the, in Andor, the force does not exist. Yeah, that's the equivalent of watching a regular TV show and being like, with all these people in one room, one of them's got to be psychic, right? Like, I feel oh, like it's that. I thought you were going to say, like, one of them's got to be fucking, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Joey and Phoebe. Come on, right? Like, they, they got to be. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we are experiencing Star Wars as people in, like, everyday people in the galaxy experience Star Wars. Right. Because even with, like, Rogue One, there is still that pervasive uh theme of the force being there because mm. you have the guardians of the wills or ex-guardians of the wills if you're based and then you have Jin with the kyber crystal um so there's still like those elements that are there whereas this is just like yeah no jedi not a thing we don't need to yeah. most people in this show have not met one um right. and then you have you know dealing with real consequences of of people's actions trying to survive you know bix uh you know be basically being like part of a black market for stolen imperial goods cassian looking for his sister uh gets you know assaulted by corrupt uh rena cops and then you know killing them how does that affect him 
and the investigation that follows Marva, his mom, dealing with finding this indigenous child and either leaving him to die, presumably, or taking him with him, raising him, instilling the values of survival at all costs and how that's reckoned with him 15, 20 years later. You know, like Star Wars at its core, while it may have the Jedi and and the Sith good, but it's about good and evil and people willing to stand up to do the right thing. And you don't need the force to do that. It's interesting because Star Wars as an original, like the original trilogy um, is a bunch of different genres. Mm -hmm. This is the war part. This is like the precursor, like Rogue One was, right? Like Rogue Mm -hmm. One was the, was like a, a war movie. This is even more so. This is the political thriller that, like, I can't, I can't get enough. Um, let's start off with the way this episode starts off. Bix is going to be tortured. It's rough. We have Deidre. My baby. Oh, is Bix your baby? <laughs> My baby. I, I yeah, I should have, I should have expected that. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say his name, but like, I, you know, I have a friend who's sometimes in the chat here that uh, is a big Bix fan. But that's also like after I watched the episode, the first uh, three episodes, I was like, "You like Bix, right?" Because like that's his type. And so I'm like, "You like, you like books, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So I would uh, like to find out what for what person is Bix not their type? Because that's just an objectively beautiful woman. I I feel like even if she's not your type, you have to acknowledge it. That's a very attractive. Well, in this show, she's like she's like dare I say dulled down but she's not like she's still gorgeous but like you know what I mean like it's grind kind of like grimy mm-hmm. dirt town right Ferrix my my friend did a uh like a Star Wars edition uh smasher pass yeah. and like she passed on Bix for me and I was like oh for you thanks. as in smash like, the, uh, smash you like, pass on Bix oh, so, so no, that no, you no, could like, smash Bix yes yeah I was like, she, oh, she let Bix so smash Bix. What's what's <laughs> as long as Bix is up for it, you know, con- it's consent, enthusiastic uh consent, then you know, do what you need to do. In I, what I context, Chris, is this is this a thing? It's just like we 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 talk about our, our Star Wars crushes, and yeah. then like there there is a big circle uh when it comes to the women in Star Wars that we're both interested in. So yeah. we will go back and forth and talking about them, and we'll be like dibs on this one just to mess with the other one yeah i but, i gotta be honest though when it comes to the women in star wars i am tired of all the brunettes the brunette women in star wars i mean at least now they're not all white brunettes i mean other than like reva oh oh and bix too yeah yeah, yeah but the point is they're still brunettes yeah you know That's uh, fine. We're, we're gonna get our redheads you yeah, I was who, gonna say there's blondes. You know who looked who looked damn. Mon Moth was kind of a redhead. Oh yeah, well yeah. Mon Moth has been looking great. <laughs> I've been like, on that train since day one. It's the hair though. I I told Sarah this, but like back you know back when I was a kid, I was like, oh like, again, this is just me when I was a kid. When I used to see Mon Mothma, I was like, oh that's the girl with the boy hair. Like that's just like my little kid impression. I was never in love oh, with good. Mon Mothma. I was just like. That's Mon Mothma, right? I know her name. Don't know much more about that. But like, mm. is it her name Genevieve O'Reilly? Is that her name? 
I believe so. When her hair is just, and she's just like, yeah, cool. But you know who looks uh, uh, really good in this episode is her cousin, who we didn't know was her cousin until this episode. What's her name? Val. Val. That was such a good payoff because last week I said, I want to find out where she's from, but I don't understand how they could possibly fit that information in. And then it was like, here's how we can by weaving it in with Mon Mothma. And I was like, you. Bell was looking great. And magnificent bastards. I, I like, thought Bell was looking great the first time I saw her. I'm just saying. Right. But like, they're all like, well, okay. They're all looking great. Even like, like um, Bix too. But Bix never looks glamorous because they're not oh, in the, they're not in Coruscant. They're right. in these like, you know, mid to outer rim worlds, right? And they're mm-hmm. they're struggling to survive. I'm not blaming them. I'm not saying that the people are unattractive. I'm just saying like they purposely don't do Bix up, and they don't yeah. do Vel up up until this episode. Like when you have, you know, Katniss in District 12 in the Hunger Games and she looks like she's been fed more than what's her face in District 2. Yeah. The the little girl that she, you know, like, it, you know, threats. No, no, no. The one that Thresh kills. Like, you know, she's like, this is for Rue 12. You know, it was mm-hmm. just like, she's supposed, why is this like girl that's like five foot two, probably like 80 pounds taking on Katniss who looks like she's, you know, like 120 pounds, yeah. like five foot eight, you know, like she, mm. she's got some weight on her. Like yeah. why more you than know? that? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. You're saying, you're saying hunger games didn't put much thought into. Yeah. Like this of- actually, this actually shows the disparity between the rich and powerful. Yeah. And then those that are like in the fight in the trenches and how they, they differentiate and how they live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody's putting in time and a half on this, on this show. The the writing of the interrogation scene. Was Let's talk so about good. it. Oh. It was so good. The, when Deidre says that, uh, what's the quote you're in my net and then like mm-hmm. raises her eyebrow I was like give this woman to every award this is so good I'm t- I was like I'm terrified of this woman I know that she's fictional no she's probably a nice person in real life but right now I am genuinely terrified of her uh there this was moment, scarier the, than moments in this episode that I was like <laughs> um okay so we have we have we have uh 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 Deidre what was the doctor's name Dr. Gorsh. 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 I was like, what's this guy doing? He just seems so unassuming. He was cheery as hell is what he was. He was what? He was like chipper. Yeah. He was cheery. Well, yeah. he's like, like here's that. Dr. Gorst, and he's like. Yeah, but that, that makes it like worse, though, because if he was like, okay, did y'all watch House of the Dragon? Yes. Okay, if he's like Laris. You know, like when it comes to like yeah. torture and he's like creepy and everything like that's off putting. That's also what we expect. But for him to be like, oh, there, you know, there's not a lot of physicality in this, but just let me know when you're done. OK, and I'm just like. Mm, mm, I need an adult. Oh, yeah. Like smiling all the way through when he's like, so what we've done is we've extracted the death screams of children. The long story. That's though. cool, right? It was that like was... a long story, right? Mm-hmm. With like yeah. a payoff at the end. He was like, well, when the Empire was going out there, there was a planet that 
uh, uh, you know, put up a fight. And then like they kind of went through it and like they're like they were uh, what they found them dead and screaming underneath the bridge or something oh, like. Yeah, they found the Imperial uh, worker or officers hiding in like the uh, under the bridge of, of the ship as far away from it, like in, in, in emotional distress. I oh, think he said. I didn't realize that. OK, yeah, that makes more sense. I thought yeah. the aliens were underneath the bridge. Oh, no, the aliens were dead, and their yeah. death rattles is what scared yeah. the ever-loving crap out of them. There's a real theory that there's a kind of a subsonic, like, frequency that puts us on edge as human mm. beings. Um, And that's where, this is just a theory, that that's why people think they see ghosts, and that they're not real, but that it triggers a certain mm. flight mechanism in us hmm. i don't know i don't know i didn't come up with it i just heard about it so <laughs> but the point being is he's like they distilled the screams of primarily the children as a and torture just, device you just know this is a speech he's given like 40 times and mm-hmm. just loves he's you know he's got it down to a quick 40 seconds and loves loves talking about it which is also scary because anyone that's worked retail, especially like during a sale or the holidays, knows how droll that can get after day one. What, the screams like, of children? Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's after the first hour. But no, <laughs> the uh, like the having the repetition of having to repeat like the same oh, elevator yeah. pitch. But the fact that he was still chipper, and we know this isn't even the first time he did that that day. You oh, because he did it with uh, so, uh, Pac, so, uh, right? Pac. Yeah, yeah. Pac. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and uh, you know, the way Deidre described it, like, you know, this has got a lot of people excited, which means he's done it with such success and regularity that multiple people in the ISB know about it. And they trust it because whatever her boss's name is, was like, and this was a Dr. Gorst verification. And it was like, yes. So, like... That means it's been done a lot. I want Dr. Gorse to keep appearing. I don't want him to die even in the show. Let him do his, <laughs> like, like books and stuff. Has he appeared like before? I don't think so. Okay. But this also, so people were pointing out the parallels between the A New Hope going to the torture scene with yeah. Leia. But this is also reminiscent of the Empire torture scene with Han because Han, we don't see what happens to Leia. But we do hear Han scream out while Boba Fett and Lando are outside that room. And I don't remember seeing an Imperial probe droid or a torture droid there. But you do see like he's in this. um, He's in that like the harness thing and he goes into the machine. I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't a new and improved version of what Gorse did. And instead of just you listening, it's going throughout your entire body now. I would love I would love it. I would love it that uh part of me was like I could do it. You know like you know like the people who are like I could fight a bear. <laughs> you know? It's like that. That's the way I think. I'm like whatever I just think about like some like, you know something different. Uh I know I wouldn't be able to handle it. I need someone to uh I- I'm going to do this this edit later is to 
put the the when they put the device on her head to do that like screaming cowboy song. <laughs> What's the screaming cowboy song? Oh God. Okay. Um. Let me see if I can find it. And, and For some reason, I'm thinking about Cotton Eye Joe. No, <laughs> no, it's something different. It's something completely different. It's like a, uh, it, it's 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 some random person made a song, and this one part of like after the the chorus has this like old man uh sort of like superimposed over the sky singing but screaming and okay. it became a meme okay um, I'm, about I, to, I'm about <laughs> to send it to you on instagram when you said that dimitri i was like yeah i could probably do it and then i was like wait a minute i cried watching coco tonight i don't think i could listen to the death screams of children of yeah. an alien species but like like i don't i yeah i don't i don't know um uh there there are a couple of, there's a couple of different plot lines right there's the prison there's this yeah big thing there's deidre there's uh, cyril yeah i was gonna say it's important to note that we do cut from the torture scene to the prison briefly so that you can hear that Olaf only has 41 shifts left and then therefore he's definitely going to die in this episode. Mm-hmm. As soon as they were like, Fuck. you got 41 shifts left, man. And I was like, well, that guy's dead. Yep. Fucking Olaf. That guy's going to die. Every scene in <laughs> yeah. that prison stressed me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Every scene. I thought Olaf was going to lose hands when, Jesus, oh, when, yeah. when the guy's signing real fast and he's like, I can't tell. I can't tell what's going on. What's going on down there? What's what and there and then like Kino, which is which is um uh, Andy Circus. Um, Andy Andy Circus's Circus. character, he's like, and like he's all about order, right? Because he's just like, I'm running running a tight ship, we do our time, we're out of here. Like, but then like the power outage happens mm-hmm. and then it turns on, and I didn't put two and two together until I read about it online. The power outage happened because they fried floor two. Yeah. Like that was them putting that much juice into killing everyone on the floor that the power went out. At that moment, everybody on that floor died. Mm-hmm. And Andy, uh, Kino, Andy Circus, like at that moment, I feel like that's when you could see him start to crack. Mm-hmm. When the power goes out, yeah. that's when he starts getting freaked out. Yeah. And I was like, cheering for him the whole episode i was like this is gonna do it he's gonna do it i i saw him going one way or another i was like he could either just be like a sniveling kind of guy and report and or and then thus deserve a death but chris what were you gonna say cassian spent this whole uh episode singing they don't care about us by michael jackson and (laughs) you know it it, the, throughout it you just see Kino's just trying to slowly get into the song and he's just like and then by the end of it he's doing the whole dance with him you're like it's just that slow burn to 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 break him oh man oh and then Olaf Olaf okay so ugh, I kept thinking Olaf was gonna lose hands because they yeah. kept being like hands away and he's like uh hands away like either that or he was gonna like fall forward and it was gonna just crush him yeah, but then I also thought, like, is Star Wars like that? I'm trying to, like... Yeah, because think about the Mandalorian pilot, you know, the guy that gets sliced in half by the doors. 
When was when was yeah, it? That's like moments into the pilot when he starts yeah, fighting. He's like, in the bar picking up that blue guy. Yeah, uh, and he pulls. And, and, I, and yeah, I think and it, it closes like this. And it yeah, just, no, yeah, but it that that half. part's different. But that's a different context, right? Someone like slipping and then like chopping their head off yeah. is different, you know. And this guy's got a name. That's yeah. true. <laughs> And he's just an old man. Like I was, but like any other movie would have been like, yeah, sometimes shit happens. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I found most interesting, well, a lot, I found that's not true. I found everything really interesting, but how quickly we see the change in Cassian, because one of the, the best things about last episode was watching, watching Diego Luna portray so much without much dialogue and mm -hmm. it, you could see the genuine fear in his eyes and how quickly because you know Bix just got picked up it hasn't been that much time that he's able to be like okay we're getting you know we're doing he's obviously in cahoots with people they're trying to get uh, Kino on their side so this idea that he's gonna let himself be terrified for a little while because he's in a terrifying situation and then he's going to get himself out. He's not going to be in there for six years. So watching mm -hmm. him kind of flip that switch this episode was amazing. It's something that I really enjoyed watching. Because there's a time jump, right? Yeah, I think it's like 30 days. But we, what's yeah. weird is there's no time jump for Bix. It's, it's probably just because it's going to be, uh, you know, there, there's that time where there has to be travel. And even though things happen in hyperspace, there's still some time that passes. So it's still playing fast and loose with that. Because while we may be seeing Cassian like just getting there at the last episode, um, he could have, by the time Bix is 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 in interrogation, it could have already been 15 days there, plus relativity and they're on a and different the, planet. And wibbly wibbly timey wimey stuff yeah the the 30 days the 30 shifts later thing does it happens in the middle of the episode so yeah I, it's not like at the end and then Bix has been sitting there for 30 days because it's in the middle of the episode i think we're meant to you know Bix just getting on with her life they're all just doing stuff because then we come back and find that marva has fallen and like so all that mm. stuff has happened in in the interim yeah mm -hmm. yeah um how do they this show, how do they make a, a sterile white kind of corridor scene be so interesting? Like when they're in lines in opposite ways mm -hmm. and just like, they're just talking. Because the acting, the writing and the directing are all incredible. Like I, it's just, everybody's at the top of their game. Yeah, and the directing makes you feel very claustrophobic. Um, especially the way they frame the shot when their hands are, you know, like this and you're not straight on them. You're looking up at them from the side. And so you're not getting their full bodies. You're getting more of like the ceiling in the background. You can see some of those other people. And so it just feels smaller. I get major anxiety when they have to do this all the time. Like it's just, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I, I still I, I think like what the difference between this and the other like other shows. This show comes into it being like, I don't owe you. I don't owe you. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be on my side at the end, but I don't owe you anything. Boba Fett was like, I owe you 
I owe you Boba Fett. I owe you like these side characters. I owe you a Rancor. I owe the fans something. That's fan service, right? Mm-hmm. Like Spider-Man No Way Home is like, we want to tell a story, but we also, we owe you. For all, for the 20 years you spent as a Spider-Man fan, we owe you. But that's a detriment to the story, you know? But this show's like, we don't owe you jack shit. You could not watch it if this is not your thing. But those of you who do watch it, oh, like you'll love us at the end. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, what's the what's the Michael uh, Michael J. Fox? What's the quote in Back to the Future? Oh, uh, I guess y'all aren't ready for that, but your grandkids are gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that's why season one of The Mandalorian is so good because it, I think it had that same outlook of like we don't you know you don't know what to expect so we can do whatever we want essentially and then season two it got a little bit more like you know we got to put some fan service connect it yeah connect it to the bigger Bo-Katan, ahsoka luke mm-hmm. which is so interesting because this has such a clear connection to this i mean it's leading straight into a star wars movie which leads into the original trilogy but it's able to operate so independently. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. I keep telling people, I'm like, you got to watch it. Like, but again, the people who, again, lack media literacy, media literacy, media literacy uh, people who are just there for the explosions or the force. I get it. I get wanting to see people do backflips with lightsabers. I get it. I love it. You know, episode one, Phantom Menace. Like, I, I get that. Like, but that's not like everything I love, right? Like that's not the only thing I love in life is these backflips with with lightsabers. Uh, the story in this is is crazy, and it's there's no superhero antics essentially. I feel like for anyone that thinks it's too slow, because when I was watching this, I thought the pacing was amazing. I thought it built really well to the point that at the end of it, I was, and this is just how I am. I'm a very enthusiastic person. I was sitting on my couch alone at 1240 in the morning being like, prison break, prison break, prison break next episode. Like I was like so excited, (laughs) like the way it built, I was like, let's do it. Um, But I feel like I would tell someone if someone's like, it's too slow, I would be like, okay, cool. So here's what you can do. You're going to watch it in three episode chunks. You're going to wait for the third episode of the arc to drop. You're going to watch three at a time. Yeah. Binge three. And then you're going to wait for the next three. Cause that's, I mean, it's such a clear, like intentional thing that's happening. Yeah. It is the setup. We're building it and, and it's going to pay off next episode. And yeah. I'm delighted. Uh, I want to shout out Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow's in the, in the chat says the dread is the compliance and the new terms like on your program. Uh, I think he's talking about like the fact that like mm-hmm. just like their 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 time got doubled. They don't get it. There's nothing you can do about it. They just get doubled, the, right? The get on program, what they say, like like to uh, you know, like their their lineup phrase yeah. is is get on get on program instead of lineup, and that's just like you know, it, it's one thing when you have physical guards there, like okay, they're gonna beat you, but like they're gonna fry you. Yeah. Um, let's talk about level two. You know, uh, I, I saw it one of two ways. And I, I I had to, again, go online to kind of parse through the whole thing. But after the guy's shift was done, some guy, 
he, I thought instead of going home, they put him on just a different floor to hide him. And then when people found out, then they rioted, then they killed everybody on the floor to stop that information coming out. But then I read online that it wasn't necessary. It was that, but it was, he was supposed to get transferred to another prison and through the bureaucracy got accidentally transferred to the same prison. Because if they constantly moved people around in the same prison, word would get out no matter what. But rather, this was the exception to the rule where instead of, you know, going from A to B or B to C, they went from A to A in like a weird round trip just to a different floor accidentally. And then they were like, oh, yeah, like this guy, they're not letting anyone out. Because that's the hope, right? The hope is like they will one day get free. Their freedom is their like after their time. Yeah, I thought that he was supposed to be released. Yeah. And they made a mistake and didn't transfer him out. And uh, so once they, you know, then they're like, oh, crap. Well, all right, let's just throw him on four or throw him on two. Yeah. So, and, you know, and then we'll just we'll just make milk milk this out. And then, you know, people on two were like, wait, no, they're never going to let any of us out. And then, you know, they couldn't contain it. So then they're like, fry all. My under my understanding of it is that they're just trans. Everyone that's a prisoner is getting transferred prison to prison. Yeah, They messed it up and accidentally sent him back to the same person, like you were saying. Okay. Um, and then that's when people realize nobody's ever getting out. Because that's why they euthanize Olaf. In, I want to say Olaf. That's why they euthanize him instead of helping him because it doesn't matter. He doesn't have 41 shifts yet. No one has any shifts left. They're all just going to get, you yeah. know. It's because of Pord. As far as I, as far as I can gather, it's because of the new Pord where they're just never going to let anyone free. Maybe back then they used to. Maybe before mm-hmm. Pord got passed and they doubled everyone's sentence. But yeah. now with Pord, No. Yeah, it's it's very like Guantanamo Bay. Like it's very like you're never getting out. You're just gonna be stuck here forever. Um, I, yeah, I thought that was into you know Melshi said it last episode when we first met him. Don't look at the clock. It doesn't matter. They're gonna keep you here as long as they're gonna keep you here. Mm-hmm. You know the number of shifts doesn't matter. Um, and that's that's true. That's exactly the situation, which is uh. horrifying. <laughs> Because then Olaf has a stroke, and then they they euthanize him. Um, and the doctor is the one who tells them the truth of what happened mm-hmm. on level two. Because mm-hmm. um, he's a prisoner too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of that scene, and it finishes the episode. There's a lot. There's other stuff that happens in the episode, but like finishes the episode. Like how many guards are there? Never more than never 12. more than twelve. So good. Now, ah. he, now he's singing. They don't really care about us. <laughs> oh, this show is so good. I I do I do I do want to talk about Cyril. Yeah, let's talk about Cyril. My man is <laughs> oh, down bad. This man is singing. You don't belong, or you belong with me by Taylor Swift. <laughs> he's got a lock of Deidre's hair in his private box. He's uh, holding up the sign in the window. Are you okay? 
Yes, uh, like this this man straight up stalked her. Yeah, but is it because of his his obsession over Andor though? He thinks she shares the same obsession as he does. Oof. He thinks they're peas in a pod. Yeah. I don't know where this is going to go. When he grabbed her arm, I oh. had like a physical reaction to it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I thought she oh, was no. going to just like chop him right in the neck. It's what I was hoping for. I just really want someone to punch Sarah on the face. Some like people online were essentially saying uh, that they both have they have this time there she's not gonna punch him because he's the like it sucks for her but like he's the only person who believes in him or in her i mean he's the only person who believes in her like to that to that extent like is all like behind her like she gets a lot of pushback elsewhere like sure that older whatever guy the on the isb but like this is somebody who actually like looks up to her but believe in me from a distance please yeah but then she does. She does have backup. Like that one guy who who's always he has the clipboard. Yeah, it's like her mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, I, "What's his deal?" I started the season being like, "I can't wait for Deidre and Cyril to team up," and now I'm like, "Deidre, baby, you are miles above this man. This is a is a little little rat man, and you are a queen." Obviously, she's doing despicable things, but like, as you know, yeah, but the desperation, I mean, that actor, good on him because the the way he can make his eyes that watery, yeah, I'm floored. Like, he, I don't think I've ever seen someone play pathetic, like, so earnestly, like, genuinely, like, if he wasn't so creepy, I'd feel bad for him. They are. Okay, look, I don't want to... Okay, well, first thing I want to uh, uh, um, shout out Akil Danani out there. He says, but then he said, hey. quote unquote, there's beauty in the galaxy. He's thirsty, is what Akil says. He, he's down bad. Yeah. Down he's thirsty, there's but beauty in the galaxy. But he doesn't acknowledge his position in being super thirsty. I think that's my problem is he needs to be begging at her feet at how amazing she is. And instead he's like, he's like got a weird, like, you need me. Let's work like, together thing. It's like, you guys, you are not equals. I, like you're, you're like me. No, I better than you. I don't, I don't want, I'm not involved in this Nazi romance. I'm not involved in this. So like, I'm not, I'm not rooting for anyone here, yeah. you know, uh, in this, in this Nazi romance. Um, I'm rooting is, for Cyril to get punched in the face. That's what I'm. No, he's for. gonna, he's gonna die. Like, I don't think he is. He, at some point, like, is there a movie where like somebody gets really, really enamored with a serial killer and then teams up with the serial? There has to be a movie like this. I, I don't know what's, what's uh, like, and then in the end, the serial killer kills them. Uh, After born killers. Is there like? Watch the 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 latest halloween movie so i'm gonna say oh yeah 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 i read up on it uh yeah yeah uh akil says to me he reads as a basement dweller internet fash i think yeah. a little bit of validation from deidre is more than enough for him to call it fall in love yeah uh where he, was Cyril on january 6th <laughs> I, <laughs> uh tell me i'm wrong I get he literally act- lives with his mom and eats cereal for every meal. So I mean, okay. First thing, 
you know, there are very attractive, sane men who live with their moms, you know, out there. Sorry. there I'm sorry. There are, let's, let's get this straight. There are very, you know, one, some would say hunky men who still live at home with their moms, you know, that host live streams uh, and podcasts. Uh, I don't think they're, I don't think the rent in on Coruscant is as bad as it is in Southern California. In California. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Move to Coruscant to pay less in rent. Uh, no, uh, the, the vibe I get from Cyril is school shooter. Like, because he's, there's that scene and this actress is doing such a good job playing his mom when when she's just nagging and nagging and, and he, she's just like hitting him like with words with words and then he's like i got a promotion and then she's just like oh oh like it's <laughs> i knew you would i knew they'd see your promise and i'm like oh oh no we're just peering into uh both zero and dj's kinks well, what digging into their kinks uh, he's like mommy i'm sorry mommy i'm sorry yeah mommy? yeah it- exactly it's exactly it it's very freudian sigmund freud is just doing leaping for joy in his grave yeah this though this is the type of relationship where he'll think himself an equal okay i'm just painting a picture deidre does something actually gets a win he's like he's like you know we couldn't have done it with without each other and then he puts out his hand and she like pushes him off uh, a platform like that kind of thing you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i see this like if he disrespects her like that if he's like we make the world like if there is a luke and vader moment where he's like come with me and we'll rule the galaxy together but he's just his little shit um teacher will just kill him what has he actually done for her Wait, he co- gave him some co- information. Yeah, confirm like, confirm like, what she wanted to know. Yeah, like is any of the intel that he's given her invaluable? It it I mean he shaved. That's what we got. The, he shaved. It was the final piece of the puzzle mm. that could get her to access you you yeah, to access to say that there's this wider, widely coordinated rebel effort there's not that's not to say she couldn't have gotten there elsewhere but you know he was a a more pragmatic vehicle but at the same time it her one of i think one of the reasons why she doesn't bring him into the fold is for the simple fact that like if you look at the report the his his former boss told him no to leave it alone and he didn't and this is what happened and while she is also has that same kind of mentality she's a lot smarter than he is like where she was able to game the system from the inside he just straight up it disobeyed orders and then got people killed and yes. screwed everything up because of a bravado sort of thing right um is there's a very game of thrones theme sorry to meet you i'm gonna do it again it's all where right. it's like uh as long as you you know you don't you stop talking <laughs> shit on people who live at home with their mother i will i'm so sorry oh <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys could say at some point on the after show something like really mean about single mothers and i'll be like fair i would never um, do that why would i do <laughs> never <laughs> what 
<laughs> so um there's a very game of thrones thing where like these terrible people become a king or a ruler and you think that you can control them and the phrase is something along the lines of it's hard to control a dog once you put a crown on its head mm-hmm. and that's very much how i feel about cyril that she's like you i already know you're out of control so I, I'm not going to bring you in because I know I can't control you. Yeah. Whereas like with the Game of Thrones ones, they're more like Rottweilers and he's more like a Chihuahua where it's like he does have a pathetic shaky energy, but also he will rip your ankles apart. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know? Again, I'm, af- I'm afraid. I don't know what's going to. Ah, I keep, I'm getting the weird vibes. I keep seeing people say that he's going to turn into a rebel and no, then there's the there's also the fact that on uh, allegedly on the skywalker lego star wars the skywalker saga he is not the villain class he is the scoundrel class which is the same class as like han and infus nest and all of them and i'm just like nothing in this show shows that he would be a scoundrel he's and, in the lego game yeah they did an andor pack oh mm. Maybe maybe have, based off the first to... three episodes. He's still not a scoundrel. He's no. he's a straight up villain, though. Cause like all the stormtroopers and like Imperial officers are in the villain class. Yeah. So he he would he would fit there. And so I'm just like, also, Lego has a huge propensity of spoiling things with their toys. So <laughs> but then they also do the opposite with Marvel too. Yeah. Where it's where they put out fake spoilers that aren't spoilers. Yeah. So it's, it's a dice roll. But huh. They they would have to do some serious work. I do think they could pull it off, but I don't like it. I don't no, like, I don't want, I, I don't I don't like want it. them to. I don't like what I'm hearing. As much uh, as I hate the I, vibe, I like the vibe that's going uh, on, you know? And, and and I'm also going to say that I mean this is also due to uh, a lack of diversity in casting, but you know. I'm a, I'm a little tired of pathetic white men being redeemed and forgiven for their crimes. Yeah. Like, and, and most other characters don't get that. Yeah. Like the only one we have right now is Reva and then probably Aiden Versio. Uh, Lando. And Reva. Lando did nothing wrong. I mean, he betrayed Han to the Empire. He's done nothing wrong. Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. Short tangent. Yes. Lando was responsible for the lives of everyone I on agree. Cloud City. I agree. Lando had not seen Han in several years. Yeah. Han brings the Empire to his doorstep, and Lando has to choose between saving Han's life or letting everyone on Cloud City die or be subjected to Imperial imprisonment. I'm not so, blaming. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying that he had to make up for uh, to Han for for that you know what i mean he he, he doesn't i mean <laughs> he, he, also, he, he also was going to do right by leia and chewy which by, he did not by have stealing to do. han's clothes and trying to hook up with leia i'm just joking and he had one of the one of leia's best outfits ready for her so mm-hmm. that's a point in his favor i mean ulterior uh, also- motives maybe also, he gave Kira and Leia, both whom were in love with Han, uh, clothes from his closet that were both red and white. Oh. I love Lando, by the way. Lando is one of my favorites. I'm just saying that, like, 
he did have to like redeem himself in like the viewer's eyes by saving everybody at the end or whatever, you know? Okay. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, Akil Danani uh, in our in our chat, Akil is uh, uh, like a Lego master. Um, I was hoping he was still in the chat to when we were talking about Lego. I was like, he's going to know. Yeah. He's going to know the answer. Yeah. Uh, Akil says the scoundrel class has aiming and communication abilities. The villain mm. class has access to Imperial computers, which Cyril probably won't have anymore. So maybe that's the difference between the scoundrel and the villain. But we also haven't seen him like shoot. Yeah. Or communicate <laughs> properly. Yeah. So he communicates maybe it's just a the miscellaneous. Yeah, yeah, maybe just not put him in the game. Put like you could put Deidre in the game. Like she doesn't have to to shoot, but like as a as the villain class, like she can obviously use the the, the uh, terminal villain. Yeah, the um, terminals, yeah. and she's not. A, also, I don't think we have any ISB officers really in the game. Oh, uh, Akil says we've seen Cyril plan poorly, but, but not communicate. <laughs> yeah, he gave that amazing speech. Yeah, let's get out there and do it. Before we move away from Cyril, I have to give a moment for for my one of my favorite serial moments of the episode which i wrote in my notes and i was trying to figure out what is this in reference to and then i was like oh yes so the note is the loud slurping exclamation point exclamation point this is painful the way he was slurping the blue milk out of his cereal as his mom was trying to talk to him oh one of the most amazing things i've ever seen but he didn't finish it though right she like poured more cereal in for him oh yeah he's trying to give this man do you think do you think there's symbolism? I don't know how, but the piece of cereal fell out of his bowl and he picked it up off the, then he put it back in the bowl. What yeah, is this? they've had, there's been repeated moments where he's staring at the little piece of cereal. I don't know what it means yet, but it means something. What does it mean? I don't know, you Chris, if you, if you got an idea. That one piece of, of, of cereal that got away is Cassie and Andor and he's fixated on it and he's trying to put them back in the, pack, yeah. back in the bowl. Like, because he's maybe, a threat. Maybe it's order. Like he's all about order and like justice. They kind of look like planets. I don't know if that's anything. Yeah. I don't know. Um. Mon Mothma has um, the the scene with Vel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them looking good. The daughter being a little shit, like. When when Mon, Mothma's like, I don't know if your dad will let you wear it. He's like, he lets me do whatever I want. And she's like, okay. Aaron is ter- turning the uh, Lita against Mon. Like, what's the daughter's like, name? Lita. Lita. Because you know, like, yeah, she's a teenager in a, a rebellious phase. Like, yeah, get that. That's fine. Yeah. But the way that you know she is like, oh, dad'll let me do whatever I want. Yeah. And then when it's something like you know she wants to leave these gatherings, and parents just like, oh yeah, go ask your mom because if mom says no, that's like putting a rub in in between them. But also by saying like your mother is the gatekeeper from you being able to do what you want right that makes you know like him look better because i think perrin does resent mon you know like this was an arranged marriage and you know like while he's enjoying his benefits he doesn't really like her politics yeah and, and- to 
to be talking to your teenage daughter about the fact that the guy that's come around a couple times is your mom's ex-boyfriend yeah. like that's obviously shady and I thought it was funny that she was like that was in grade school and I was like mom you got married at 15 so like that's not I don't think that's an excuse you could make but mm. also gross that you guys are talking about it like that yeah, yeah. and it just seems like having secrets with your daughter away from your uh like significant other is kind of weird you know what i mean yeah um yeah that that's gonna come to a head at some point yeah and i hope it comes to a head with parent dying yeah fingers crossed it would be funny if like final scene is 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 cyril reaching out to deidre being like Let's do this together. Deidre pushes him off a platform. He falls through Coruscant on top of Perrin. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Yep. 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 Um, somebody pointed out that like when um the sorry, the the medical guy in the prison was like, I don't want to know his name. I don't want to know his name. That, but then also when he said. Yeah, he yelled for a body bag and they said it's already coming. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. is, they're easy to replace. They're cattle, they're livestock. They mentioned they keep, that, right? They're easier yeah. to replace than droids. Yeah, they keep them well fed with this bland, soylent green like food. It is very uh, and they, you know, they reward them. It, you know, if they do well with better food, uh, like their prize fighters or something, so you have that crabs in the barrel mentality, so you don't keep them really organized and they're going after against each other. It's, it's they're they've dehumanized them. Yeah, I, I love the dynamic with Cassian and Kino where he's like actively talking to him about have you ever thought about escaping? Have you ever looked at a plan to escape? And he's doing that thing where he's like, don't, you know, and he's being a little bit like he's allowing the conversation for a minute before he shuts it down. Um, and then the conversation that Kino has with the medical guy, it's very, you know, the, the dynamic of the prisoners being the bosses of the other prisoners, mm-hmm. I think is a genius. I mean, not in a prison sense, but like for the show. Um, and, and the dynamic is so good when he says like, keep your people in line. He's like, wait, mm-hmm. wait, what are you talking about? Like watching Kino unravel like that was just masterful. I loved it. I'm excited. <sighs> I, again, I saw Kino going one way or another being bad or good. And I'm glad that he's on the good side, but I feel like he's going to die. Mm, me too. I, you can see the ideologies in each of these characters' brains. And the way they're all acting their fucking hearts out for these, every, like Vel, when Vel is talking to Mon Mothma and she just reiterates what Sinta said. Mm-hmm. The rebellion comes first and we take what's left, right? Is that what Exactly, yeah. That's what Sinta said. And But like, I, when I watched it the second time, I watched her face and she didn't like it wasn't like she believed it she was like she believed it but it's a uh 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 recall you know mm-hmm. and i feel like it's the levels so cinta is the most radical so she has to reassure vel about it and then vel is more radical than than mon so she has to be the cinta for 
you know, she has to take on that role. And I feel like they're doing such a slow burn with Mon, but I love it because it's, you can see how hard it is for her to, you know, step out of the role. She's trying really hard to like keep it under control. And it's just like the tiniest of cracks. And I, I feel like that's a good, you know, everyone's kind of moving into radicalization at their own pace. You know, we've got Cassian doing, you know, jailbreaks and heists. And then we've got Mon trying to keep it together, trying to think that she can just stay in this role without, you know, going full-blown rebel. Yeah. And obviously it's not going to happen, but. Uh, Chris, do you think Mon has a lot to lose before she becomes the Mon Mothma that we know? Um. It's interesting because we don't see a lot of her in four and and five because, you know, she's the the canon explanation is she's taken off of uh, Yavin four so that not all of the rebel leadership would be wiped out if, you know, the uh, attack on the Death Star failed. Um, But we do know she loses uh, her status obviously because the Senate gets um, taken down and they know she's, she knows she's being watched. So I think she will have to at least lose her family, at least for the time being, mm-hmm. um, whether that's, you know, I don't think she would care as much if Perrin died. She'd probably care more if Perrin outright betrayed her and that would be a bigger hit to her. And then pair with Perrin, Lita would go with him as well. Yeah. And then, I think Tay has to die because that's going to be something that will really oh. hit hard for her. Shit, I forgot about that plot point. Tay Coleman wants wants Mon to deal with the gangster. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be coming to their house. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it, they've made him, they've made Perrin unlikable enough and they've made their dynamic awkward enough that just killing him is not going to do it for her. I think he has to like betray her in, in a serious way. And I think that might be. Or kill Tay. Tay. Yeah. I think if mm-hmm. he gets Tay killed, that might do it. But also maybe you guys can help me because I'm not a, a lore master. Um, but is that the way it works in the Senate that they click off their lights when they're like done listening? Cause that, that seemed to be what was happening. Is that what happens? That's a new thing. What I okay. attribute it to is like in the UN when you have uh, the little uh, boxes that yeah. you have the translation and then you just like put it away as a, as a symbol of like, yeah, no, I, I don't care what you're saying. Yeah. It was a little bit like British parliamenty where they kind of like shout and like heckle at each other when they were, you could hear the heckles coming in and, Oh some yeah, some were supportive and some were booing her, and then you saw people. Like, I mean, their lights off. You say British Parliament, but you guys remember the "you lie" when Obama mm-hmm. was president? Yeah, yeah. But it's in the British Parliament. They like are very raucous. Yeah, They're they like, do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, like we remember that because that was unusual. Yeah, but like now, <laughs> like us. senators don't even show up on certain days. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that's also rather common yeah by the way sorry it just reminds me of this snl this the snl sketch off that you lie thing 
It's back when Will Forte was on it. And he was like, all right, guys, in a couple of minutes, we're all going to yell together. You lie, right? <laughs> and then they say, yeah. But then like Will Forte goes to the bathroom and they're like, okay, never mind. We're not going to do it. Let's change. We're going to change our mind. And then he comes back to the bathroom and he yells it out. Anyway, um, yeah, they dissolved the Senate in episode four. Um, mm-hmm. But like, it's very interesting like Mon Mothma is still trying to put up a fight on the Senate floor as well as mm. behind the scenes. Yeah. But it's fruitless, you know? But she is, you know, like she said in the last episode, like watch the rock in my hand while I have the knife at your neck. Yeah. Did Palpatine tell her that or something? Like, didn't she say something like that? She said that's the tactic she learned from watching Palpatine. Mm. Um. As uh, I'm trying to think of like whether there's there's more, but uh, what do you guys think is in Cyril's private box that he told his mom not to look at? A lock of Deidre's hair. Oh. <laughs> oh no, I don't know, but it was just that that was a real classic toxic parent move of yeah. or toxic spouse. The like, why are you? T- why are there text messages between you and another girl on your phone? Immediately comes. Why were you looking at my phone? I was like, no, I've had this conversation with someone of, you know, the the dy- that so perfectly was the dynamic between them. I don't know what's in his private box, but I don't want to know. That's I could I could live the rest of my life without knowing. Yeah. Ah. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, or do we have any final? Po- oh, what's up? I think it's just post-it notes with him writing like Mr. Cyril Andor in different handwriting. Cyril so, Andor. Yeah, like if we got married, you know? Did you guys not Deidre? That a, oh, that's not a guy thing. Yeah, what's I don't know what Deidre's last name is. What's Deidre? Miro? Miro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's trying out both of them, Mr. Cyril Miro and then Mr. Mr. Cyril Andor. Mr. Or- Cyril Miro hyphen Andor. Yeah, yes. he's, he's practicing his signature with their new last name. Yeah, but like a hyphenated last name of the other two. Yeah. Uh, the show's just going to take a complete left turn into that. And it's a threes company sort of thruple situation. Somebody write that fanfic. No, <laughs> I guarantee yeah. you someone already has. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. I don't want to read it. I want someone to, I want to know that it's out there, but I don't want to read it. Oh, okay. Rule 34. Just the idea that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I'm good. I'm cool. <laughs> uh, you guys, uh, as, as we close up this episode, do you guys have uh, any final thoughts about this episode? I, it sucks because I watch this episode at midnight when it drops. And then when it's over, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to wait another week. I don't want to do it. Yeah, there was a lot of emptiness this week without House of the Dragon. It mm-hmm. feels like it was because I had House of the Dragon on Sundays. I had a new thing. And then, you know, I listened to my three and a half hours of podcast about it. So it was very, you know, structured. And now that I just have Andor, it's it's my life feels a little bit a little bit empty. I mean, that a and a way. lot of that and a lot of shows are like on a little fall break right now. So if you mm-hmm. are watching something that comes out on like cable or something you're you may not see it for two weeks so andor has it for i mean next week at least we do have wakanda forever but that's just gonna emotionally break me and you know 
you know so yeah. andor's got it it's it's last run but yeah no house of the dragon no rings of power it's andor is sustaining me i mean i'll be honest like i watch a lot of stuff so it's not so much that i don't have anything better to watch or no 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 sorry it's not so much that i don't have anything to watch it's that i have nothing better to watch nothing is beating andor nothing mm-hmm. is beating for andor. me yeah andor is so good and then the conversations that we have about andor are so good and for me house of the dragon was like that where it's like you watch it and then you know there's going to be talk and amazing memes and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff whereas if i start watching what did people tell me to watch the what uh, uh, uh rings of power no oh. i've uh i've never seen lord of the rings it's all right um, I, I I feel like I can't start watching it. Um, Succession, where it's like if oh. I start watching that, oh. that's fine. But I'll just be alone in my house watching Succession. I won't yeah. like talk to people about it, you know. So yeah. Uh, do we I'm, do we think that this show could be watched and binged in like once the season's over? Not in one sitting. Like, wouldn't it just be the longest political thriller of all time? Like, like you gotta let it breathe. Oh. Yeah. Like you have to breathe after episode three. You have to breathe after episode six. And we'll see if you have to breathe after seven, eight, nine, but you may have to breathe after this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like you would have to watch it in chunks. It's like Stranger Things when season four came out and all the episodes were like an hour and a half long. Oh, that like, was a mistake to binge it. Binge oh that. my God. I, I did. honestly I forget I did, about what happens. I don't I don't like binging like bulk release like stuff. You know, I, I think that if Disney Plus releases have taught us anything, it's that I, I think I think Netflix should go back to a week by week with their big kind of tentpole stuff. I, they started off with a bulk release. Oh, they, yeah. Sorry. Like House of Cards and. and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, meant, I guess I went back like back to the way TV used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that because with Stranger Things, it was like everyone was talking about it for two weeks and then it's That's the problem. out of the cultural conversation. Imagine um, WandaVision if, if it got released all at once. Oh, no. All the memes, all the theories, everything would be lost. Mm-hmm. You know? We, uh, we need it. TV culture needs weekly releases. That's my opinion. Hot take. Yeah. Not that hot take. I don't think it's hot. It's not, it's not. I think it's a. I think that's a correct take. I think that's a I, good take. I agree. Yeah, we need to be able to talk about it. We need to be able to meme it. You know, make jokes, have some fun, have some theories. Mm-hmm. You know, give people time to to like like with this with this after show that we do. Like somebody could watch this after show later if they haven't watched the episode yet, and there's still some time before the next episode. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more leeway to catch up. Yeah, I'm just excited that next week we get to say it's the after show for episode ten. I feel like we don't get a chance to say episode ten very much ever. Is this true? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when was the, what was the last Marvel or Star Wars show that had ten? Had 10 nothing. Episodes? I don't. I'm nothing. Bad batch. Most things good. We didn't do an after show for it, but yeah, yeah you're but right. That was the last show that did. Yeah. Yeah. Because Wandavision had nine, right? Yep, and mm-hmm. She-Hulk, She-Hulk had She-Hulk nine. nine. This is 12. House of Dragon mm-hmm. has 10. Game Thrones yes. always has 10. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah, Rings of Power this season had eight. Oh. Abbott Elementary had eight. Or no. Yeah, but it's sorry. not done. No, Abbott Elementary didn't have eight. Yeah, sorry. Abbott Elementary is not done. I confused it. Uh, Reboot had eight. Because mm-hmm. I watched both on Hulu. 
So reboot had eight bricks for a season uh, because that just ended. Uh, Yeah, sorry, Abbott Elementary is not open. Um, uh, Real quick before we go, Mr. Plow in the comments said, unsubtle hint at being a lesbian from Mon's husband. Mon's the parent. Oh, yeah, he did not get that. He he shot it at Vel or Vel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he knows mm-hmm. though, right? I'm assuming. I don't. Th- I don't think he knows. I don't think so. Oh. I I think he was like because the. I think he's still trying to think like, oh, either it's it's a face type thing or like he he's just so ig- ignorant that he's just like, and oh me. yeah, no, yeah, and so then you know that's why I think Mon gave that smile but looked towards Bell as opposed to like giving a knowing smile towards Perrin. Yeah. Mon hates Mon hates Perrin. Mon hates oh, Perrin so much. As do we, as do we all. All my homies hate Perrin. <laughs> I, I want to hope that no matter what happens, that Mon Mothma finds love later. Maybe she doesn't need to. You can argue that maybe she's just a career woman through and through, but I'm saying like 10 years from now, 20 years, like after the battle of uh, the second Death Star, after the, you know, the that uh return of the jedi i'd like to think that she finds love something that she couldn't get with perrin you know if tay lives you think you do you guys think there's a romantic thing with between her and tay oh yeah there's definitely yeah. chemistry there okay tay's dead oh yeah 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 uh yeah. Um, I want to thank you guys both so much for coming on the show. Uh uh, because especially, you know, Chris, you're hitting a hit a lot of shows tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> um, uh, I want to thank everybody out there for watching. If you're watching us live, you're watching us on twitch.tv slash the keyed show or youtube.com slash the keyed show. If you are listening to the podcast which means you can't see our beautiful faces but instead you're listening to our beautiful voices you are listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from apple podcast google play soundcloud spotify or iHeartRadio, perhaps <laughs> um if you are uh, interested in social media if you're on social media you can follow us at tiktok and instagram we're on those two we're also on facebook and twitter i don't know for how long i'm thinking about it i don't know i don't know um I feel like Twitter's on the verge of like Bane breaking all the bad guys out of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that point in both Dark Knight Rises and the Batman comics. Like Elon Musk is going to be released, uh, lifting the lifetime bans of everybody who's gotten lifetime mm-hmm. banned, which means all the inmates of, of Arkham going out into Gotham streets. It's going to be hell. Everyone. Uh, or you could pay eight bucks a month for a blue check mark. Hmm. I love I that. I love that it was Stephen King that pushed it to be eight bucks a month. That's my favorite part of it. It's always Stephen King on Twitter doing the most, just the most delightful things. It's just, it's just, it's so, it's so weird. It's like paying a fee to prove that you passed a physical, because the blue yeah. check mark is a verification. You can just pay the eight bucks and just not get very. What's the point of the blue check mark then? Right. And the delivery of it was like, I'm sick of all of these rich people and high class people hoarding the check marks. Pay for them then. And I'm like, isn't that 
And eight Hold bucks on. is such a paltry amount, too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because Stephen King said, uh, don't do 20. And then he was like, oh, maybe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stephen King. Can you not afford $20 a month? Let me make it eight. I think he was just trying to be like, it's dumb to be charging for it. And yeah, then, that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Plow says Garfield asked for it to be $5. What? The, the cat? Garfield the cat? That's what Mr. Plow is saying. I don't know what the context is there. We'll figure it out. Thank you guys so much for being on here. Uh, Sarah, as normal, uh, thank you so much for being co-host. Um, Happy to be here. Where can, where can people find you, Sarah? Uh, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram, Ms. underscore Marauder. Uh, we've got some conventions coming up hot in the next couple of weeks, so if you like adorable anime cosplay content, um, t- tune in for that. We uh, Evie filmed a transition video the other day she's very excited about. So we're going to drop that one tomorrow. Nice. Uh, so she's she's real delighted. She was like, put it on the internet. And I was like, OK, Chris, have, on the internet. have you seen Sarah's like like mother daughter cosplay stuff? Yes, I, Sarah, Sarah and I have met. We met at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Okay, (laughs) that's right. Um, uh, That's right. Yeah, we all all met up. All right, so anyway, uh, then yes, the answer is yes. Great. (laughs) It's super cute. Uh, Chris, where can people find you online? Uh, What do you got coming up? Uh, You can find me at Star Wars Lawyer on Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, uh, and also my podcast, Too Black, Too Nerdy, wherever you listen to podcasts. And as as for things coming up, uh, prepare for my arrival. It it censored it. <laughs> uh, what is it? It's Vader's belt box. Oh, are you putting Ooh. together a Vader outfit? Yes. Does it work? Does it modulate your voice? uh yeah so i do have that set up i really don't hear all that much of a difference (laughs) um you can see that yeah (laughs) and i think like it it does help a little bit but i also think that's more of a how i can hear it type thing where it's coming out so it'll we'll, we'll see what happens when i have everything uh i have the soft parts of the suit i have the belt um helmets coming soon i should have everything by the end of this month do you have to wear the groin piece too yeah the cod piece yes yeah that's cool it's a real specific question (laughs) i just there's the one thing that i was thinking about the things you didn't name and i'm like yep the yeah so that came with anything that was like leather or like the soft part of a suit so like the cape and everything i got all of that mm. um that all came together the the armor the chest box the shin guards that's coming it's from the same vendor but separately mm. um and the helmet is from a completely different vendor that was actually the first thing i ordered back in june and it, it takes some time so that's fair that's fair. Yeah, I, I got real excited about Evie's cosplay that I made for her. And I was like, you know what? We might actually like win the kids' cosplay contest. And then today we saw on Instagram that Logan, Logan Dominic, that little kid that goes to all the Mar- Marvel premieres, is gonna be at the con. And I was like, Well, there goes our chances. Who? Who's this kid? 
He's a little kid. He cosplayed Namor at the Black Panther premiere. He's done Moon Knight. He's done Black Adam. I think I know who you're talking about. Seven. What, a baby cosplayer? Yeah, his parents make him these amazing cosplays. And he's seven, so he's always in the same age bracket as Evie. Oh, no. And on LA Comic Con, she was like Kylo Ren. And she just wanted to do it just for fun. And then he rolls up and he's Ghost Rider on a little tricycle that's decked out to Mm. be Ghost Rider's thing. He's got like smoke coming out of him. And I was like, cool. That's, oh, that's, cool. that's like, that's like anyone who went to high school with the ball brothers. Mm. Like what? Cause like, supposedly they were ripping up high school basketball up in Chino. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and like they were, <laughs> and like nobody yeah, could my, keep up. And, my dad like, rides his bike by their house and like obnoxiously talks to them. Oh like, really? He's friends with them. Oh yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and the youngest one was a freshman playing varsity and they were just like ripping up the league. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's, that's, I'm sorry. That's what Logan is to child's costume contest. Yeah. He's the ball brother of child's cosplay. Like, Your cosplays are amazing, but dang it. I thought I had a chance. I thought I was safe with an anime con. Cause I was like, I've never seen him done an anime yeah. cosplay. He's never done an anime cosplay. So yeah. Like, I think we might be safe. And then they posted it today and I was like, no. <laughs> he rolls up in his Ghost Rider costume, but with like, like big chibi eyes. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> big <laughs> Ghost Rider chibi? All right. I was like, I'm trying to let her know that cosplay is not about competition. It's about fun, but dang it. I but you're could... throwing things. You're break. You're like. <laughs> I was like, I'll work so hard in the background. On yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, LA Comic Con is also coming up in December, so yeah, you know, he's also that. there. He's local, so he'll be there too. But at LA Comic Con, every kid gets a medal for participation. So, except kids it. dressed as Chewy, right? <laughs> so she got that thing and was like, "I won the competition," Aww. and I was like, "You sure did." That's cute. That's good cute. for you. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, it, it's been a blast. Um, Everybody else, go follow uh, Miss Marauder and Star Wars Lawyer and, you know, The Keeg Show while you're at it. But uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, the Keeg has a bunch of different other shows. Uh, Comic Talk every Thursdays. Uh, the Keeg Talks uh, every other weekend. We're especially going to do one for Wakanda Forever when that comes out. Um, and then we have the Andor After Show for three more episodes before uh, the season ends. So thank you uh, to Akil. Uh, thank you to Mr. Plow. Uh, I'm not sure who else was out there, but uh, uh, thank you guys so much. Once again, I'm your host, Demetri Pereira, and this has been the Andor After Show, talking about episode nine. Take care, everybody, and bye-bye. Super f-